Amen. Thank you, praise team. We believe, and I tell you, you know what I believe in this morning? I believe in giving thanks to God. <laughs> I believe in giving praise to Him. So why don't you do that with me? Just give praise to the Lord. Uh, this is Thanksgiving week, and I am, man, I am so thankful today for everything. I'm, I'm, you know what? I, I, let me just say this, but I'm thankful for my wife. Huh? Uh, and you can be thankful for your spouse, too. I've got a, man, I've just got a, a Jim Dandy of a wife. We were eating supper last night, and Whitney and Tyler came in, and, and I don't know how the conversation turned to this, but uh, Whitney said, you know, I've never, I've never heard the story of, Daddy, how you asked Mama to marry you. And I said, well, I didn't ask her. She asked me. And no, that is not how it went, let me tell you. But you know what? I am, I am so th I'm thankful that she said yes, and I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for all my kids. I'm thankful for this church. I'm, I'm thankful to, to God for, for loving us and caring for us and allowing us the privilege of being here today so we can do what the church is called to do. And one of the things we're called to do is sing praise to his name. And, and I hope and I pray that while you were singing praise to the Lord, God blessed your life and filled you with His Holy Spirit. Well, this week our entire nation will celebrate Thanksgiving. The, the irony of it is that very little thanks to God will actually get done on Thursday. We're so busy preparing and cooking and entertaining and watching football and eating and watching football and eating Really about the only thanks that gets done on Thanksgiving Day is one single prayer, just maybe, right before the meal, and only one person prays the prayer. We miss the whole point of this great holiday, and it is a holiday to give thanks to God for what He has done in our lives. So this morning, I want to stop and talk to you about thanks living. I want to share with you how you can make this Thanksgiving different than any Thanksgiving before. And it starts with first realizing that everything you own, everything you have comes from God. I mean, in, in reality, without God, you would have absolutely nothing in your life. Without God, you would not even have your life. I love what a single verse says in 1 Chronicles 29.16. I want to read it out of the New Century Version. This is a great passage of Scripture, and this is what it says. Everything has come from you, God, and everything belongs to you. Isn't that amazing? Look at this verse and read it out loud with me. Everything has come from you, and everything belongs to you. And it's so true. Everything we have comes from God, and it actually belongs to God. If you did not have God in your life, if God had not even created you, you would have nothing. You wouldn't be here. So it all starts with God. So when you begin asking the question, what can we be thankful for? We really have to thank God because everything comes from Him. And it begins when we acknowledge that and when we thank Him. Now, there are a lot of people in here a lot younger than I am, and maybe you don't remember this. Maybe, maybe you've seen some of the reruns, but does any of you remember when The Sound of Music came out? 1965. Raise your... Anybody even know The Sound of Music? Every, well, maybe not when it comes out, but have you seen it? 
It's, it's a musical. I don't get into music. I like action-packed movies, to tell you the truth. But anyway, I have seen The Sound of Music numerous times. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just catch myself singing some of those, The hills are alive with the sound of music. I just, sometimes I just, you know, I mean, it just comes out. There's a, that, caught, that woke you up, didn't it? There, there is a... Y'all didn't know I had that beautiful singing voice, did you? You want to hear more? I'll I'll hold it back. There's another song that I find myself singing, and I really only know this one phrase of it, but it's a great. These are a few of my favorite things. Y'all, anybody know that song? Oh, man. Did you really? Great song. These are a few. So that's what I want to do this morning. I, I want to share with you, these are a few of my favorite things that I thank God for. Now, if I shared with you all of the things I am thankful for this morning, we would never leave this building. We would be here all day because I am thankful for so many things in my life. But I've picked out the big three that I want to share with you today, all right? Then we're going to transition from these things we're thankful for to a practical side of this message of how we can actually give thanks to God. But the first thing I'm thankful for is God's grace. I am so thankful and grateful for the grace He has given to me. I think Ephesians 2.8 says it best, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What is grace? Grace is everything God does for you, even though you don't deserve it. Grace is God giving you what you need, not what you deserve. The Bible says that everything you have comes by grace. Everything that God does in you and through you and for you and to you and by you is by His grace. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can't work for it. It's a gift. It's the grace of God. Psalms 103, there is a a lengthy laundry list of some of the things God has done for us by His grace. And let me read that to you this morning out of the Living Bible. Psalms 103, beginning in verse 2. I will not forget the glorious things God does for us. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with His love. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender to those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry. He never bears a grudge. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins. Well, praise the Lord for that. He does all of this because He's gracious and He's good to us. And so I am thankful today for the grace of God. Number two... I am thankful that God puts up with me and you. And I'm thankful that, you know what, God God has a good, acceptable, and perfect will for my life. I'll say it like this because it's on my outline this way. God has a plan for my life, and I'm thankful for that. Here's what you need to know today. Your life is not an accident. You are made for a reason. God has a good, acceptable, and perfect will for your life. God made you to do something. 
God made you so that you can have an impact in his world. Your parents may have not planned for you, but you know what? God did. I read this past week, a preacher wrote, no baby is ever born by accident. Do you think about that? No baby is ever born by accident. There may be illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate babies. Yeah, that's pretty cool. If you're alive and you're breathing and your heart and pulse are beating, it means that God knows you're here. <laughs> and God has a plan for your life. I thought back this week of all the great, wonderful people in the Bible, and even some of the lesser known people in the Bible. God had a plan for their life. And you know what? We can read about Jonah and Moses and David and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and John Mark and Stephen. And we can see that, you know what? God did have a plan for their life. And that can inspire us. But what you need to know is God has a plan for your life as well. Now, God's plan is a good plan. It really is a good plan. It's something you don't have to worry about, be afraid of, or even be anxious about. It's a good plan. How do I know that God's plan is a good plan? The Bible tells me so. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and I will give you a good future. Well, you can thank God for that. God has a good plan for my life. God's plan is so good and so great that, listen to this, He can even take our mistakes and our faults and our failures and the things that other people do to hurt us, and He can weave them all together and make something great. That is awesome. God's plan is a good plan. Can I hear an amen from that? Yeah. Amen. But I need to tell you the whole truth. God's plan for your life is not always going to be happy, hunky-dory, peachy keen, with the wind at your back on a downhill slide. It's not the way it works. Doing God's plan is not always going to be comfortable because God wants to take you out of your comfort zone. God's plan includes a little bit of pain in your life. And God's plan also includes a little bit of disappointment. God's plan surely calls for discipline. Because let me tell you, if you never had discipline in your life, you won't have any character and you'll turn out to be rotten. So God's plan calls for discipline. God's plan in your life also involves some prayers that don't go your way. But you know what? It's still good. His plan is the best plan. It's good, acceptable, and perfect. It's for a good future. So he has shown me grace and he's given me a plan. And when I discover that plan and get into that plan and start discovering what it is God made me to do, that's when I find real peace and contentment and true joy in life. The world can't give it to you. You only find real contentment when you're rat smack dab in the middle of doing what God made you to do. That's when you're really happy. So I'm thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful for God's plan. Number three, I'm thankful for the home that he's prepared for me. Listen to the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5.1. We know that our body will be destroyed. But when that happens, God will have a house for us. It will not be a house made by human hands. Instead, it will be a home in heaven that's going to last forever. 
Did you know you were made for eternity? It's the way God made you. One day this body that you're living in is going to die. But that's not going to be the end of you. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me that I've been created in the image of God. That means that I have a soul. And the Bible tells us that we're going to live forever in eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. And that all depends on whether you receive and trust God's free gift of salvation through His grace. Heaven and hell, let me tell you folks, they are real places. Heaven and hell are not figments of someone's imagination. They're not symbolism. They are real places. And you're going to spend eternity in one of those two places. Heaven or hell. You know, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. As Christians, we know where we're going. As Christians, of all people, we should be the most confident about death. Why? Because we know what's going to happen to us. We know where we're going. I told the first service people, I can remember years ago when I was a kid, almost every preacher I would hear would say this. The preachers would say, you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. I hadn't heard that in a long time, but you know what? It's pretty good. And it's true. You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. So I ask you, are you ready to die? Are you ready to meet your maker? Because you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. The Bible says only a fool says in his heart that there is no God. I would add to that only a fool would go through his entire life totally unprepared for something that is inevitable, that you know is going to happen. And we know we're going to die, don't we? Y'all get into statistics? Let me give you one. The latest statistic tells us that in America, the mortality rate is 100%. Everybody in this room is terminal. Every human is terminal. It's just a matter of time. But you know what? You don't have to be afraid of that. We can actually be thankful to God. Why? Because He has shown us His grace. And while we're living on planet earth, God has this plan for our lives. And then when we leave this earth, if we have trusted God's grace, His Son Jesus, He's going to take us to heaven. Wow. I'm grateful for that. Aren't you? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. A home in heaven. Now, let me get back to a sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago. Does that mean everybody's going to heaven? Absolutely not. If God let sinners into heaven, guess what? It wouldn't be heaven anymore. If God let sin into heaven, it would be hell. So heaven is only for His children. How do you get to be one of His children? By asking in faith to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We had the privilege Thursday night of having the Greenwood Bulldog football team here for dinner. And then after we ate, I brought them in here and I was able to share with them a, a devotion from God's Word. And I ended that little devotion with the ABCs of salvation. Going to heaven is as simple as A, admitting the fact that I'm a sinner. B, believing that Jesus can save me. And C, confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. 
You are saved by simply accepting God's gracious gift of salvation. But once you have accepted that gift, you put your hand in his hand. Because he's the only one who can take you to heaven. And that is an amazing gift. So here it is this morning, church. I am grateful to God for the grace he has given to me. I am grateful to God for the plan he has for my life. I am grateful to God for a home that he has made for me in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Those are just three big ones right there. I could spend the rest of the day telling you things I'm thankful for, but I'm going to change gears, so hang on. Here we go. How do we actually give thanks to God? We're thankful, aren't we? So how do we show him our gratitude? By doing four things. And here they are. These are practical things you can do. They're biblical things. The first thing you can do to give your thanks to God and show gratitude to him is singing. Yes, I said it. Singing. Why would I say that? Because it's biblical. Psalms 147 verse 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Did you get that? Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. The Bible says to sing our thanksgiving to God. I know your response, preacher, I just can't sing. You know, you don't have to. Because the Bible says all you have to do is make a joyful noise. It doesn't have to be a good noise. It's just a joyful noise that you make. And even pigs do that when they eat. I know how we are. Some of us in this room couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But you know what? You can still sing to the Lord. It changes your attitude. Years ago, somebody told me, said, Will, you're a prison singer. I said, what does that mean? He says, well, you're always behind a few bars and you never have the right key. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't, you, know, you know what? I, got, I don't care if you think I can sing or think I can't sing. I'm still going to sing. I'm going to sing my praise to the Lord. Where can we sing to God? Everywhere. You know why? Because God is everywhere. Wow. So you can sing praise in your home. You can sing praise to God in your office. You can sing praise to God in your car. I love doing that, man. I just be singing along and pull up to a red light and I'm singing praises to God and people are looking at me. You weirdo. And I look at them and say, you weirdo. And and we just go on. You can sing in the shower or the bathtub. You can sing praises while you're playing golf. You can, you can sing praises while you're shooting guns, <laughs> while you're washing dishes, cooking a Thanksgiving meal, planning a program. You can sing God putting your kids to bed. You can sing praises to God while you're grooming your dog. <laughs> I don't, I'm thinking of things right now. You can sing praise when you get up in the morning. Why? Because Christianity is a singing faith. It's historically what the church of God has always done. God has given us praise in our heart. We need to sing that praise back to him. Did you know that more songs have been written about Jesus Christ than any other single subject in history? You want to know why? Because he is the only one who is truly worthy of our praise. So how do I give thanks to God? I do it by singing his praises. Number two, I do it by serving. You see, we sing with our lips but we serve with our lives. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. 
It also tells us in Hebrews 12, verse 28, Since we have a kingdom that nothing can destroy, let us please God by serving Him with thankful hearts. We serve Him with thankful hearts. When we serve God, it's not a chore. It's not a duty or an obligation. I'll tell you what, it is a privilege. The, the, the pure motive for serving God, the pure motive for using your gifts, talents, and abilities to serve God and other people is out of simple gratitude. You do it because you're thankful to Him. You know, if God never did another single thing in your life, did you know he, you owe Him everything? Even if He doesn't do anything else for you, you still owe Him everything. You might say, well, preacher, I don't know how you figure that. I, I work hard for what I got. I've worked, I've worked hard for it. Well, you, you tell me then, where'd you get the talent? Well, God gave it to you. Where'd you get the energy to do what you do? God gives it to you. Where'd you get your health? God gave it to you. Your mind? God gave it to you. The opportunity you have? God gave it to you. The freedom to go out and work? God gave it to you. Everything you have is a gift from God. So at Thanksgiving, let's don't just eat food and watch football. Let's thank God for what he's done in our life. Let's thank him through singing, but let's also thank him through service. This Thanksgiving, this week, go out and do something that is totally unselfish in serving God and in helping other people and watch how your life is blessed. Just in gratitude to God. We sing with our lips, but we serve with our life. The third way I show God that I'm thankful is by giving. Not only singing and serving, but by giving. Psalm verse, chapter 50 verse 14 says, Give an offering to show thanks to God. Give your offering to show your gratitude to God. The Bible says that the level of my giving shows the level of my gratitude. I'm not just giving. I'm worshiping God. I'm saying back to God, Lord, I'm giving this back to you because I know it came from you in the first place. And I'm giving it in gratitude. It's obvious if you read the Bible that thanks and giving go together. One of the ways we give our thanks is through giving back to God. Now, I, I started doing a little habit a few years ago. And I'm just going to throw out what I do, and maybe you want to adopt it or take a form of it and do it yourself. But I find that at Thanksgiving, it's really good for me to think about my giving to God and, and look at it on three different levels. The first thing I do is I use Thanksgiving to review my giving commitment to God. I mean, we're almost at the end of 2016. And I'm in a week where I'm consciously being thankful to God for all that He's given me. And so what I do is I look back over this previous year at what I have given to God. And I ask myself, does what I give to God, what does it say about me? What does what I give to God say about me? What statement... Am I making to God with what I'm giving? And I reflect on that. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I really have to ask myself the question. Okay, Will, with what you have given to God this past year, are you really saying you're thankful to Him? 
And you know what? When I compare what I give to God with what, I, what else I do with my money and the other places I spend my money and what I spend my money on, it is a true reflection of are you really grateful or are you not? The second thing I do at Thanksgiving, I renew my commitment to God. At Thanksgiving time, I renew my commitment. I say, God, I just want to remind you that, Lord, I believe in tithing. And let me say, church, I'm not just a preacher preaching because you probably can't even remember the last time I even mentioned that word tithe. I don't preach on giving all the time. You know that. Contrary to what some people in this community say, we're not a greedy church. There's a story about that I'm not going to elaborate on, all right? But I don't harp on you, but I believe in tithing, not just as a preacher. I believe in tithing as a Christian. I was 11 years old when I got my first job. My parents knew nothing about child labor laws. You know, I, I joke, but you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad I had to work when I was a kid. Ta taught me a lot of things. But I'll never forget getting that first paycheck. My sister and I got this paper route. It was a country route, about a 20-mile route. We had to fold papers and throw papers. And, man, it was, it, it was hard work for a little bitty guy, you know. I'd, I'd, I'd go out there without any shoes on because we couldn't afford shoes and my feet would bleed because I'd, I'd get rubber band cuts on my hand. No, I'm just kidding about that. But I, you know what? I can remember 11 years. I can remember getting that first paycheck from the, what was it? The Midland Star-Telegram, I think is the name of that newspaper. Only reason I got that job is my dad was a paper boy. When he, listen, when he was five years old, he was walking the streets of Midland, Texas, selling papers, dragging his paper bag behind him. At least that's the story he told me. <laughs> You know what, I'll never forget getting that first paycheck. My, my sister and I sat down, and my dad helped us calculate what our tithe on that first paycheck would be. And with gratitude in my heart, that next Sunday, I was able to put my tithe in the offering plate and worship God through giving him that. Now, here's what I know about tithing. It doesn't make sense mentally. It doesn't make sense. If I take 10% of what I earn and give that first 10% back to God, it doesn't make sense how I can go further and do more on the 90% that's left. But I guarantee you it works. It works. So I've been a tither my whole life. And I love to tithe because I love to see how God blesses. God blesses a life that tithes. God blesses a church that tithes. Do you know that? And we tithe. We give 10% of whatever you give as co-op. In fact, we give more than that. We give 12% as a church. And look how God has blessed our church. It's amazing. So I use thanksgiving not only to review my giving, but also to renew my giving. And then I also use thanksgiving to outdo my giving. Because I want to grow in my faith every year. I want to grow in my generosity. I want to grow in my gratitude. I'm not going to give the same thing I gave last year because that's staying level. Every year I want to be giving more. Why? Because as I give more, God gives more to me. It's just the way it works. It's a blessing. So I want to give him more. Deuteronomy 16.10 talks about that. It says, celebrate the Feast of Weeks to honor the Lord, 
your God, by bringing him a free will offering in proportion to the blessing that he's given to you. Now, it's not talking about a tithe here. This is talking about a free will offering. It was during a holiday for the Jewish people, the Feast of Weeks. And God said, in proportion to how I have blessed you, you bring me an offering. Now, 395 years ago, the pilgrims set a single day aside in the fall of the year for Thanksgiving. But 3,000 years before that, God established a Thanksgiving festival that he called the Feast of Weeks, where his people were to bring him an offering. And so that's what I want to challenge you with today. Above your tithe, bring an offering to God in proportion to how he's blessed you. I dare you to do it. Because I know what God's going to do in return. He's going to doubly bless you. Now yesterday I, I was able to go out to Old Fort Gun Club and do my cowboy action shooting. I hadn't shot guns in two months. I didn't even know if I could find my cowboy guns, but I found them, right? And I wanted to go out there and shoot with the guys, not only to compete and try to win, which I didn't win, but I had fun. But I needed to go out there because those cowboys that shoot at the Old Fort Gun Club that are a part of Judge Parker's marshals did something for our church. They took up canned goods to donate to our food bank. It was a whole cart of canned goods, a whole cart of canned goods. Now, here's the thing about it. Cowpoke's back here. He shoots with us. Most of those people don't go to church, do they? In fact, some of them don't even know what a church is. <laughs> but you know what they gave? Because they heard the good that we do. And so what they do? They gave an offering to God. There was a lady there who's never been to our church. She said, Pastor Holy Smoke, my husband and I talked about this last night, and we want to give a check to your church to use for all the good things that you do. Can I write you a check? I said, yes, ma'am, make it to Kavanaugh Church. And she did. She wrote a check out to our church and gave it to me to use, and she gave it as an offering to the Lord. Okay? She's never been to our church. She's never been here. What my mind was flooded with was, was just this fact right here. These are people, some of whom are not even Christians. Some don't even go to church. None of them go to our church, but they were willing to give an offering to the Lord. This husband and wife, has, they've never been to Kavanaugh Church, but they gave an offering to the Lord to our church. How much more should we, the people of God, who are here every week, who see the great things God is doing in this church, how much more should we, in proportion to how he has blessed us, give back to him? Woo, man. I, can we take up an offering right now? Because I'm, I'm ready to give. I'm ready to give. In fact, I have two checks today. Every week I have my tithe check. Every week I have my tithe check. But today I have an offering check. 
because I want to outdo what I have done last year. In fact, I'm outdoing, the, and I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, I'm outdoing my offering, my free will offering this year over last year because I know how God's blessed me this past year. And my offering check this year is for adopt a family. That's how I'm giving it. You can give it however you want to give it. But I challenge you to give it. Why? Because when we give, we're showing gratitude to God. That's awesome. So I show thanks to God by singing, by serving, by giving. Then number four, last one, I show gratitude to God by telling. I tell others about him. Every time you tell somebody the good news, you're thanking God. Isaiah 12.4 says, Thank the Lord. Praise his name. Tell the world of his wondrous love and how mighty he is. We have the greatest news in the world. And you know what? The good news keeps getting better and better. Because of the, the news of the world keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> and this is the good news. Did you know that this right here is better than the cure for cancer? It's the good news. Everybody on planet earth needs to hear the good news. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs to know what we know. And if you don't tell them, who's going to tell them? If you don't tell them your story, if you don't share your faith, it's never going to get shared and the world is going to be at a loss because of that. So, this Thanksgiving, find somebody you can tell about Jesus. And as you share your faith with that person, you are thanking God and you're praising him. Keenan, I'm picking on Keenan today. He came up Wednesday night and he said, hey, do, have, do you remember hearing this story about D.L. Moody? Really what he said is, I called Mason today to tell him, but Mason, Mason acted like he, he didn't even care to hear this story. All Mason can think about is Corinda right now. So, <laughs> Oh my goodness, there's Mason and Corinda back there. Oh my lands. They're getting married in December, all right? But, but Keenan reminded me of this great story about D.L. Moody, the awesome preacher. He, he made a commitment that every day he was going to witness to someone. Every day he was going to tell somebody about Jesus. One day he came home at the end of a long, hard day, uh, got ready for bed, put his pajamas on, was crawling in bed, and he remembered, I didn't tell somebody about Jesus today. And so he got out of bed, he got dressed, he went back out on the streets, and he found a man. He said, sir, are you a Christian? And the man said, that's none of your business. To which D.L. Moody re responded, oh, but it is my business. And it's your business too. And you know what? You're giving praise to God every time you share your faith. I said this to you a couple of weeks ago. The reason God didn't zap you and send you straight to heaven when he saved you is because he kept you here to be his ambassador, to be his witness. And I give praise to God every time I tell somebody else about the marvelous gift God has given us through his grace. You know what? There is miracle working power in the power of praise and thanksgiving. When we praise God and when we thank God, a transformation takes place in our life. Heaven is open to us. Miraculous things happen when we praise God. There's a great story in Acts chapter 16. I was, I was reading it just this past week. 
It's a story about Paul and Silas. They had been talking about the Lord and preaching to people and they were thrown into a Philippian jail. And there they are in this dark, dank, junk dungeon of a jail. It's in the middle of night. In fact, it's at midnight. The prison doors are shut tight and locked. They have chains and fetters on their hands and on their feet. Things couldn't be worse for them. They were facing trial the next day for being a Christian and preaching in the name of Jesus. They're in a dark dungeon of a prison, not knowing what's going to happen to them. You know what these guys do at midnight? They start singing praises to God. They start thanking Jesus. Now, you think your life is so miserable right now, you don't have anything to thank God about. One of you, you're not any worse off than they were. And what are they doing? They're praising God. They're singing praises to God. Well, something amazing happened as they were singing praises to God. God sent an earthquake, and the earthquake was so powerful that it rattled the jail doors open, and it loosened the chains that had bound these men. Let me tell you something. This right here, Acts chapter 16, is the original jailhouse rock. No doubt, man. And the Bible tells us that the jailer comes running into the inner chambers of the jail and he's going to kill himself because he thinks all the prisoners have escaped. But Paul says, we haven't escaped, we're still here. And he says, well, what kind of people are you then? And Paul said, we're Christians. And they begin to share with him their faith in Jesus. The Bible says this Philippian jailer took Paul and Silas he took him to their very, his own very home, cleaned their wounds, gave them food to eat. They shared the gospel with this jailer and his family. His whole family was saved and baptized that night. But here's the point I want to make to you. The prison doors were unlocked when these men began to thank God and praise God. Do you see that? The prison doors opened... When they opened their mouths and gave thanks to God. So, i got to ask you this morning, what prison are you in? What prison are you in today? Maybe, maybe it's an emotional prison or a financial prison or a relational prison. You're locked up. Maybe you've been locked up with guilt or worry. You're locked up with discouragement and disappointment. Maybe you're locked up with a habit that you just can't seem to break on your own. Maybe it's a conflict that you're having with a family member. But whatever it is, what you need to do today is focus on God and thank Him. Praise Him. And watch the doors open. You don't believe me. I dare you to try it. Praise God. And the doors open. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would do that in faith today. That we would just bring all of our difficulties, all of our problems, everything that is holding us in bondage today. Bring it to the altar and start praising you. Lord, out of a grateful heart, may we give thanks to you. And then, dear Lord, watch you open those prison doors. Lord, for all of us, may we come today and give praise and thanksgiving for all that you've done, all you're doing, and all you're going to do. 
Lord, I love you today and I praise you for you are worthy to receive that praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that you stand and I want to see who the first ones are at the altar.